fans to episode number 157 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and we got a big episode today. Obviously, the Rangers back in action, having their first practice since the season was paused, their first official team practice on Monday. A lot happened there. We got to go through the Rangers roster. There's a lot going on with the NHL in general. All these teams back in action, gearing up for the Stanley Cup playoff tournament, and there's a lot to get through today, as I said, so we're just going to jump right into it. I'm not ruling out actually doing two episodes in one day. I mean, we'll see. Maybe we'll save the second episode for tomorrow. But again, there's just been so much that's happened. And as I'm recording this, the Rangers have not even taken the ice yet for Tuesday's practice. So obviously, yes, a lot to get through today. And we're just going to jump right into it here. Again, it is the start of phase three that began on Monday and teams are back at practice. And we are going to go through really quick here, the Rangers phase three roster, the players that are at camp here. And uh, well, not really camp, it's practice, as David Quinn so eloquently put it. This is not training camp. We are gearing up for a Stanley Cup playoff run. I'm paraphrasing there, obviously, but those were the sentiments echoed by David Quinn uh, during this first time back onto the ice for the Rangers. A lot of you have probably seen the Phase 3 training camp roster for the Rangers, but it bears repeating. You know, we'll just go through it really quick here, and, you know, there might be some of you that have not seen it yet. So here you go. Running through the roster as quickly as I can here. Forwards, we got Pavel Buchnevich, Philip Hedl, Philip DiGiuseppe, Jesper Foss, Stephen Fogarty, Julian Gauthier, Tim Gettinger, Michael Haley, Brett Howden, Capo Caco, Vitali Kravtsov, Chris Kreider, Brendan Lemieux, Vinny Letary, Greg McKegg, Danny O'Regan, Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, Mika Zibanejad. For the defensemen, we've got Brandon Crawley, Tony D'Angelo, Adam Fox, Liber Hayek, Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, Darren Radish, Brendan Smith, Mark Stahl, Jacob Truba. And for goalie, we got the big three, obviously, Henrik Lundqvist, Igor Shesterkin, and Alex Georgiev, and they will be joined by Adam Huska. So that is your phase three training camp. And I'm thinking maybe a little bit later this week, we will do an episode where we kind of dive into some of the lesser known names on this roster and just talk a little bit about them and what they've done in their hockey careers. If they have a realistic chance of cracking the opening night roster for game one against the Hurricanes and who might be in and out of the lineup, all that good stuff, just kind of letting you guys get to know uh, some of the lesser-known players on this team a little bit better. Obviously, we already know about guys like Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin and everybody who's been there the entire season, but it might be nice to get to know uh, who might end up contributing for this team at some point in the playoffs, who might be a healthy scratch on game nights, so on and so forth. As far as the Rangers' first practice itself, the line combinations were pretty much what you would expect. The team was divided into two teams, Team Blue and Team White. Team Blue, you had Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich. Stop me if that sounds familiar. Obviously, that's been pretty much the Rangers' top line really throughout the entire season, at least when you know all three of these guys are healthy at the same time. And then Team Blue also had Philip Hedl centering Philip DiGiuseppe and Capo Caco. And then you had three defensemen, uh, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, and Brendan Smith. And then for Team White, you had Ryan Strom centering Panarin and Jesper Foss. And again, you know, obviously that's been the Rangers' second line all throughout the season. They've done great work together. Artemi Panarin really strengthening his MVP case and kind of elevating the game of both Ryan Strom and Jesper Foss. Then you have another line, and I found this interesting, and I'll talk about this in just a minute. But you had on the wing, you had Brendan Lemieux and Julian Gauthier. And then it looks like Greg McKaig and Brett Howden were splitting time centering that line. 
And then you also, on defense, you have Tony D'Angelo, Adam Fox, and Mark Stahl. And I did want to call some attention to the fact that McKaig and Howden were splitting time on what would certainly appear to be the Rangers' fourth line here. I don't want to read too, too much into this. Again, it's just the first practice. Guys just kind of getting their legs under them again here uh, as we gear up for the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I do find it interesting that that fourth line saw Greg McKaig and Brett Howden kind of splitting time. And I do wonder, if everyone is healthy and, you know, in Brendan Lemieux's case, not suspended, then maybe the final spot among the forwards comes down to a training camp battle between Greg McKaig and Brett Howden. It's an interesting thought, and again, listen, it's just one practice. I don't want to read too, too much into this, but it's not unreasonable to think that either McKaig or Howden would sort of be the 12th forward uh, to dress on game nights, and so it's entirely possible that whichever player between the two of them is kind of the last man in, so to speak, is the last forward to dress and the guy who ends up centering the fourth line for game one against the Hurricanes. Uh, it's at least possible, and we'll keep an eye on that going forward. If that continues to be the case, where we see uh, McKaig and Howden kind of splitting time on the, or what at least appears to be the Rangers' fourth line, then, you know, maybe we'll break that down a little bit more. I don't know. If it really comes down to the two of them as being the 12th forward active on game nights, I'm not really sure which way I would lean there. I mean, Howden offers a little bit more offensive upside, I would say, even though he's, you know, somewhat underperformed this season. But, Greg McKay, more of a traditional fourth-line center. So I don't know. I don't know which way I would go there. But again, it's something to just keep an eye on. And nothing is set in stone. It's entirely possible that both of them are active on game night. You could have a situation where maybe Philip DiGiuseppe is the odd man out. Or obviously, if Brendan Lemieux is suspended, then we're not going to have him available for one game or more games, whatever it might be. And you never know with injuries. And also, you know, Capo Caco, not a lock to suit up uh, for these playoffs either. Although it sounds like he wants to play and it sounds like uh, the Rangers and the league both amicable to, uh, you know, getting Capo Caco out there for these playoffs. So we will see. Um, again, it, just one practice. I can't emphasize that enough. But my eyebrows did kind of go up when I saw that. It's like, well, you know, maybe that is the, the battle for the 12th and final spot uh, as it pertains to Ranger forwards for game one. And just getting back to the Rangers Phase 3 roster for a quick second here, one of the names that really stood out for me, and it might have for a lot of you as well, is Ke'Andre Miller. And I saw on social media, you know, a lot of people getting excited. Oh, does this mean Ke'Andre Miller is going to play in the playoffs? Is he going to make his NHL debut? Can he step under the ice and help us against the Hurricanes? And uh, just to clear up any confusion, Miller is not eligible for the playoffs. What's going on here is the NHL has allowed every team to bring in one non-roster player to participate in camp, but I still think it speaks volumes about how the Rangers feel about Keandre Miller and how high they are on him. Uh, again, only one non-roster player allowed at camp, and Miller was the guy chosen. And while I'm sure that Miller would love to get a chance to compete in the Stanley Cup playoffs, as would any 20-year-old, uh, I still think it's tremendously beneficial for him to participate in these practices. He's getting a chance to get to know his coaches and his teammates and just observe professional hockey players do everything that they have to do to get ready for a run in the Stanley Cup playoff tournament. So, yeah, Miller is not eligible. We will not be seeing him against the Hurricanes or any other Ranger playoff opponent. But certainly, this seems like it could be a very positive experience for Miller. And it could also mean that we see him playing on the Rangers as soon as next season. You know, I don't know how realistic it is that he's going to crack the opening night roster. I would imagine he'll get some seasoning with the Wolfpack in the AHL. But we all know what happens during the course of an NHL season. You know, players do get injured. Players get called up and sent down from the minors. Players are healthy scratches if they start to fall off a little bit. And you consider all of these things, and it 
becomes quite possible that we see Miller on Broadway as soon as next season. And who knows? You know, we've seen examples with the Rangers this year. Uh, look no further than Igor Shesterkin and Ryan Lindgren, who basically just kind of force their way onto the Rangers by playing well on the AHL and then grabbing the bull by the horns when they do get a chance with some strong play on the Rangers. And they both those guys have stuck with the Rangers uh, pretty much ever since they were called up. Igor Shesterkin probably the front runner to start game one of the playoffs, and Ryan Lindgren arguably one of the Rangers' top two defensemen, along with Adam Fox. I would expect to see the two of them get the most playing time at even strength in the playoffs, but it just goes to show that if you play well enough, uh, the Rangers are going to take notice, and they're going to give you a chance, and you very well might stick on their NHL roster. And John Davidson was asked about having Ke'Andre Miller in camp, and this is what he had to say about Miller. Ke'Andre is a player we think has a great future with the Rangers. You can never have enough defensemen at camp, and he's a perfect fit for us. This is an ideal time to get him here to get him acclimated to how we play the game. Several Ranger media members were back at practice on Monday, and, you know, we got to see a couple tweets from some of the more prominent Ranger reporters. Some videos were posted on Twitter. Uh, Vince Mercagliano, who is a very good friend of the podcast, he's joined us a couple of times to talk about Ranger hockey, and I'm actually going to reach out to him a little bit later today, see if he wants to come back, give us kind of an update on what's happening at Ranger training camp. I think he'd be a great guest to have on right now and just kind of, uh, you know, give us a feel for how the Rangers are playing and just sort of give us the pulse of the Rangers right now. But I'm just going to go ahead and read some of the more notable, some of my favorite quotes that I saw from the Rangers players and coaches after the conclusion of the first practice on Monday. David Quinn, you know, we'll start with the coach. I love this quote. He said, this is not training camp. We are picking up where we left off, and I want to be crystal clear about that. We're trying to win a Stanley Cup. And then talking about the Ranger three goalies, Quinn said, I actually had a meeting with all three of them today on how important the next few weeks are going to be. There's also a lot of things to take in consideration. Henrik's success against these guys, the seasons guys were having, and what was going on when we left off. And I absolutely love the fact that David Quinn has made no bones about it. This team's goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And Step one is believing. I mean, if you set your goal as anything less than winning the Stanley Cup, then it's certainly not going to happen. And really, you've already sold yourself short. And now, can I objectively sit here and say that I 100% expect that the Rangers are going to be the last team standing out of these 24 playoff teams? No. If you're asking me to be honest, I do not think the Rangers will win the Stanley Cup this season. But I would never rule it out either because we've seen over the years, we've seen teams go on some epic Stanley Cup playoff runs despite not having a great regular season, despite not having a favorable seed in the playoffs. So, hey, you know what? One series at a time, one game at a time, one shift at a time. Let's just see what happens. Let's also keep in mind, the Rangers were one of the hottest teams in hockey before the season was paused. They came out of the All-Star break basically with their heads on fire and just, you know, really scratch and clawed their way back into the playoff chase. And so who knows if they can sustain that momentum through, you know, what's going to be a, about a four and a half month break here. But anything is possible. And I think this really is. We've talked about this before and we're going to talk about it some more in the days and weeks ahead. Obviously, we have more to talk about as it pertains to Rangers versus Hurricanes, but the Rangers have a very favorable qualifying round matchup here. Doesn't mean that they're going to win. It doesn't mean that they're just going to steamroll the Hurricanes, but they have had this team's number throughout this season and throughout really the last three seasons. Again, they've won all four games against the Canes this year. They are 10-2 and against the Canes in their last 12 games. So, yeah, I mean, you show me a better uh, matchup for the qualifying round. You show me a more favorable matchup, other than maybe the Montreal Canadiens, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. The Rangers are the 11th seed. They don't get to play the 12th seed. So, yeah, the way things stand right now, uh, 
it's a very favorable matchup for the Rangers, and hopefully they can continue to do what they've done against the Hurricanes to continue to have that kind of success against Carolina, and then you just take it from there. So, yeah, like I said, one series at a time, one game at a time, one shift at a time. You never know what can happen. Mika Zibanejad kind of echoed his coach's sentiments when he was asked about the Stanley Cup playoff tournament. He was asked about the Rangers' collective mindset for the tournament, and he had a very short, very sweet answer. He says, win the whole thing. And you got to love it. And again, Mika Zibanejad, one of, I think, only two Rangers along with Chris Kreider who is in the running to be the next Rangers captain. And I think they will name a captain next year. They don't have to. I mean, there's no reason to force it if they want to go another season without a captain. But Mika Zibanejad, you know, kind of emerging as a leader in that locker room, as is Chris Kreider. I mean, Chris Kreider really for a couple of years now has been one of the leaders in that locker room. Really, ever since they went into a rebuild, he's kind of been the default leader because he's kind of been one of the veterans, one of the uh, few long-tenured Rangers on the team. But you got to love this mindset from Mika Zibanejad. I mean, he does not care that there are 10 teams in the Easter Conference that finish with a better record than the Rangers. Uh, he fully expects his team to go out there and contend for a championship. So you got to love that. And then a quote from Henrik Lundqvist. He obviously is part of this three-man battle to be the Rangers' starting goalie when the playoffs start. For my money, it's still going to be Igor Shesterkin. I've talked about this uh, several times in the past, and it's something we will continue to talk about in the lead-up to the Rangers series against the Hurricanes. But I just feel like they've caught lightning in a bottle with Igor Shesterkin and that he's obviously been a huge part of this Ranger turnaround. But by that same token, I still think that Lundqvist and, for that matter, Alex Georgiev do deserve a chance to compete here in practice to get a chance to be the starting goalie. There's no reason not to promote competition, and this is what Lundqvist had to say about the entire situation Going back to Sweden during this break, I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with my family and some of my friends. It also gave me an opportunity to work on my game a little bit, technically, physically, and mentally. I'm in a really good place in all three areas. We're three guys competing for one spot, so we'll see who gets to play. I look at it as back to that answer, controlling what I can control. And he's absolutely right. I mean, he basically just needs to worry about putting his best foot forward in practice, as do the other two goalies. Again, I can't imagine any scenario other than Igor Shesterkin starting, but maybe not. Maybe Henrik Lundqvist, maybe David Quinn wants to go with the veteran. Maybe he wants to give Lundqvist a chance to continue to do what he's done against the Hurricanes throughout his career, and that includes this season, and that is just thoroughly dominate them. I mean, three games, again, this has not been a great season for Henrik Lundqvist, but he has started in three games against the Hurricanes, and he's won all three of them and, and played very well in all three of those games. So we'll see what happens. I think Lundqvist at least deserves a chance. So does Alex Georgiev, but for my money, I do think it will end up being Shesterkin, obviously a situation that we will continue to monitor in the episodes leading up to the playoff series. Some other big news, we might have start times for games one, two, and three of Rangers versus Hurricanes, and I emphasize might because the NHL itself has not confirmed these reports, but it appears that a TV schedule may have leaked and, uh, we might have start times for Rangers and Hurricanes. So again, I can't emphasize enough that as of this recording, none of this is official, but we already know that the Rangers are going to be playing game one against the Hurricanes on Saturday, August 1st. Game two will be on Monday, August 3rd, and game three will happen on Tuesday, August 4th. It is believed that the start time for game one will be at noon Eastern time 
on Saturday, August 1st. And this also means, if this is true, that the Rangers and Hurricanes will have the honor of playing in the first Stanley Cup playoff game of this insane 2019-2020 season. So you got to believe hockey fans around the globe are going to be tuning into this game. And that's obviously a tremendous honor for both the Rangers and the Hurricanes. People are starved for hockey in general. And the fact that we're going to be jumping into the Stanley Cup playoffs right away just amplifies that fact. And we're going to have Rangers-Hurricanes kicking off the entire playoff tournament if this TV schedule is to be believed. And so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people watching this game because I can tell you, I wouldn't care which two teams are playing in the first playoff game. I would be tuning in. It does not matter to me. It could be a Western Conference matchup. It could be, you know, Penguins versus Canadians. It could be Islanders against Panthers. Whatever. I don't care. Give me some Stanley Cup playoff hockey. The fact that it's the Rangers against the Hurricanes, that's just an ad bonus for all of us Ranger fans. But, uh, yes, if this schedule is to be believed, the Rangers and Hurricanes will play the first Stanley Cup playoff game at noon on Saturday, August 1st. And then Game 2 will also be at noon, and that is on Monday the 3rd. And then Game 3 will be at 4 p.m. on Tuesday the 4th. No word on Games 4 and 5 as of yet. But in our last episode, if you remember, I was wondering if the NHL might end up having some Stanley Cup playoff games occurring during the day on weekdays because it seemed unavoidable. I mean, there's 24 teams in the playoffs. You've got eight qualifying round playoff series, and you have the round robins going on as well. So there's a lot going on. And to me, it just seemed unavoidable that some of these games were going to have to be played during the week, during the middle of the day. And indeed, that is going to be the case. So that's going to be very, very surreal. The NHL doesn't even do day games during the week, during the regular season. So to do it in the playoffs, certainly unprecedented and uh, certainly something that we're going to be looking forward to. And again, I mentioned this in the last episode as well, but whether you love this or hate this, it probably depends quite a bit on your own schedule. Uh, some of us, of course, are working from home, so it works out quite nicely. We can obviously have the game on while we're working, but obviously for some, maybe it's not quite as nice. So uh yeah, just try to, if you can't watch the game live, just do your best to stay away from social media, stay away from any spoilers, and then just watch the game when you come home. You can even fast-forward commercials and through the intermissions as well. So, yeah, hopefully it works out for everybody, but either way, it sounds like the Rangers and the Hurricanes will have the first Stanley Cup playoff game. I also do have one bone to pick with the NHL, and for the most part, you guys know that I've been pretty complimentary of the NHL and how it's handled the pandemic and how it's kind of, uh, you know, dealt with everything as it's come to it during these trying times. You can look at the NHL and the NHLPA. They moved quickly to extend the CBA to 2026. It passed with flying colors when it was put to a vote by a vote of 502 to 135. Fantastic job there. I think also this Stanley Cup playoff format really makes a lot of sense this year. The NHL has rewarded the elite teams with a buy into the round of 16, but they're also not excluding teams that were fringe playoff teams, maybe within striking distance of the playoffs when the season was put on pause. And best of five feels like a pretty appropriate length for the qualifying round because it gives all these teams a chance to play a real series. Best of three would have just been too short. But you're also rewarding the four teams in each conference that were good enough to get buys. They don't have to mess around with a best-of-five series. That's their reward for having an excellent regular season is they don't have to deal with a best-of-five that can be considered a little bit of a crapshoot. But the bone that I have to pick with the NHL is very, very specific, and it pertains directly to the Rangers. And it's the simple fact that 
four and a half months after this happened, we still do not know what Brennan Lemieux's punishment is going to be for his illegal hit on Jonas Donskoy of the Colorado Avalanche. That turned out, of course, to be the final game of the regular season back on March 11th. This happened more than four months ago. And my question to the NHL is very simply this. How long does it take to determine a player's punishment? And let me also say, I do realize the NHL had bigger fish to fry than just determining one player's punishment for an illegal hit. I get that. There's a worldwide pandemic going on right now. There was a new CBA to hammer out. There was a playoff tournament to create from scratch. There are all sorts of health and safety measures that need to be implemented. There was the issue of determining which two teams, or rather which two cities would serve as the hub cities for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I get it. There's a lot on the NHL's table. And again, for the most part, I think the NHL should absolutely be commended on how they've handled everything. I think they've done certainly a far better job than Major League Baseball and probably a better job than the NBA as well. I don't follow the NBA quite as closely as the other three major sports, but overall, I do think the NHL uh, has acted responsibly and practically throughout this entire pandemic, and I think they have a return-to-play plan that makes sense for the most part. There's obviously some risk involved, and again, people are going to have their own opinion about whether this tournament and all the other sports should even be happening right now, but be that as it may, I think the NHL has done about as good of a job with this entire big picture as it possibly could. But again, for this Brendan Lemieux suspension, how many hours of work would this really take? You know, you review the tape, you compare... Brendan Lemieux's illegal hit to other illegal hits and the subsequent punishments, and you make a ruling. I don't see how this can be more than like an hour or two hours of work. I mean, am I missing something here? Figure out what the punishment is so that the Rangers can come up with some kind of a game plan as to how they want to approach their series against the Carolina Hurricanes because Brendan Lemieux is an important player for the Rangers. You know, he's somebody who's probably going to be out there uh, on the third line, maybe the fourth line, depending on how they choose to line up, but they need to know if he's going to be available to them throughout the entire playoff series? Or are they just going to be without him for one game? Or is he going to be suspended for three games? We have no idea. And I would imagine that it would probably only be the one game because it just seems on par. You know, it was an illegal hit, and I do think Brendan Lemieux should be punished for it. I mean, let me just say that. But I don't know that it should be more than just one game. And really, you could even make a case that Brennan Lemieux should only be suspended uh, next season for one or two regular season games or whatever it might be because this hit occurred during the regular season. And at the time, the Rangers were still scheduled to play another 12 regular season games. So originally, whatever punishment Brennan Lemieux was levied, it was going to apply to regular season games and not Stanley Cup playoff games. So the case can certainly be made that Lemieux should not be suspended at all for these playoffs and he should just be suspended for regular season games next season. And if I'm the Rangers, I'm going to start turning up the heat on the NHL and, and calling them out for it. And maybe don't do it publicly because then maybe Lemieux ends up with a longer suspension than he otherwise would have had. I mean, I don't think the NHL front office is vindictive like that, but you never know for sure, I suppose. But if I'm David Quinn, if I'm JD, I'm calling the league office and I'm asking them, what is going on here? We have a playoff series to prepare for. You guys need to make a decision here and let us know what the decision is. And if Lemieux ends up being suspended for no games or one game or three games, whatever, however long the suspension might be, it will have an impact on the Rangers. And, you know, let's look at a worst case scenario here and let's say he gets three games. I can't imagine it's going to be more than that. I mean, you never know with these player punishments. It does have kind of a random feel to it at times. But let's say he gets three games. 
If I'm the Rangers, then I need to know whether or not we're going to have him because I don't want to give Lemieux all these practice reps with guys that we think are going to be his line mates, and then it turns out that we don't have him available for any of the first three games of the playoff series anyway. And if he indeed is suspended for three games, then I want to know that right now so that I can get his replacements ready. And I can put players who are actually going to be playing together on the same line in the Stanley Cup playoffs together in practice as well. And it's not just Lemieux's line that's going to be affected if he indeed is suspended. Maybe Lemieux was going to get a chance to play on the third line. I mean, he's mostly been on the fourth line down the stretch, but let's say he was going to play on the third line, and then let's say he ends up being suspended. Now, maybe at that point, somebody like Brett Howden jumps up to the third line. And so that whole third line is going to be different now. And now Brett Howden, who was originally going to be ticketed for probably the fourth line, he's going to need to be replaced as well. So that's two different lines that are going to be affected whether Brendan Lemieux is suspended or not. So I need to know whether or not we're going to have Brendan Lemieux. And by waiting and waiting and waiting, the NHL is making it very difficult on the Rangers as far as getting their line combination set is concerned. Practices have now started. We are in phase three. We are less than three weeks away from the start of the qualifying round of the playoffs, and nothing is going to change. That footage of Brandon Lemieux hitting Jonas Donskoy in the head is not going to look any different today, tomorrow, next week, next year, whatever. What is taking so long? Just sit down in a room, figure it out. Compare it to other illegal hits this season, compare it to the other subsequent punishments that were levied, and go with it. Tell us one game in the playoffs. Tell us two regular season games next year. Tell us something. Give us a feel for whether or not we're going to have Brandon Lemieux available in these playoffs or not. I mean, he's going to be available at some point, but let us know exactly how many games he's going to be forced to sit out. And it's just kind of a side note here. David Quinn was asked after practice on Monday if Brennan Smith could be an option to fill in at left wing if and when Brennan Lemieux is suspended. As you all probably remember, Brennan Smith started the season on the fourth line as a forward because the Rangers kind of had a log jam at defenseman. But ever since Brady Shea was traded, he's been back to his normal position at defense. And David Quinn shot down the idea immediately of moving Brennan Smith back to the wing, saying... Smitty's a defenseman now. And I agree, you know, because it was different when Brady Shea was there and you had seven defensemen for six spots, basically. And there was, like we said, there was a log jam and something had to give. And the result was Brennan Smith moving up to be a forward. But now that Brady Shea is gone, the Rangers have really been rolling with the same six defensemen ever since then. And there's really no reason to change that. I don't see any reason to shuffle the deck in the playoffs. I don't see a better option. You know, if you're going to move Brennan Smith up to forward, then who takes his spot at defense? We already know that Ke'Andre Miller is not eligible. And I don't know who you would go to after that. I mean, I suppose you could toss Liber Hayek back there, but for me, the Rangers have playing some great hockey. The defense has not been perfect. We know that, but for the most part, uh, they're getting strong play really from the whole team, and these defensemen have at least made it possible for the Rangers to win games. I see no reason to, again, shuffle the deck, to reinvent the wheel here. Just go with the same six defensemen that have been playing for the Rangers down the stretch here when they've been one of the hottest teams in hockey. But yeah, the NHL really needs to step it up here, get it together, let us know what the punishment for Brennan Lemieux will be. More importantly, let the Rangers know and let Brennan Lemieux himself know what his punishment will be. I don't. Maybe this is part of Brennan Lemieux's punishment. I don't know. Maybe the whole idea is we're just going to let him twist in the wind for four and a half months. And again, I know the NHL had a lot of uh, you know bigger fish to fry, so to speak, a lot of issues to sort out when the pandemic happened and when the season was paused. But come on, this can't take this much time. Determining a player's punishment for an illegal hit is not a four-and-a-half-month job. Anyway, just to wrap up for the day, we'll go around the league and just kind of look at a couple other uh, items that are in the news right now. 
as far as COVID-19, at least three Montreal Canadiens players have tested positive. The NHL has not commented on the situation. Neither have the Montreal Canadiens. But again, the NHL doing everything in its power to protect the privacy of these players. I don't know how easy that's going to be because, again, you know, phase three has just started. We've got full team practices. And so whoever's not out there, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard to connect the dots. But the NHL is at least trying its best to maintain player privacy as it pertains to COVID. Uh, The NHL mandating that it wants teams to say that a player is, quote unquote, not fit to play or, quote unquote, unable to practice. So it's weird because if you say that a player is injured and you disclose what that injury is, then it rules out COVID as a possibility. But then if you have another player that's not going to be practicing and you don't say why, then it becomes pretty obvious that that player has COVID. So the NHL's way around this is they're not going to disclose anything. They're not going to disclose if a player has COVID or if a player is injured, they're just going to say that, nope, he can't play or he can't practice. And I understand this. I mean, again, it is very strange and it's going to be harder for media members to do their job as far as reporting on injuries because if a player is out of the lineup for one game, we're not going to know what the injury is and we don't know if it's the kind of injury that will only keep him out for one game or the kind of injury that's going to require surgery and maybe even put him at risk of not only missing the Stanley Cup playoff tournament, but missing games at the start of next season because again, you know, the NHL looking to start the 2020-2021 season on December 1st. So it's going to be strange, but I certainly understand why the NHL is doing it. Again, looking to protect player privacy as much as it possibly can. So I would say points for that. You know, again, I've, I've mostly been complimentary toward the NHL throughout this entire process. I just, the Brandon Lemieux thing has just kind of become a little bit of an annoyance. I think at some point you have to make a decision there. You have to let everybody know what's going on and what the punishment will be. And we can wrap up this episode with a quick statement from the NHL regarding the COVID-19 testing results. They released this statement on Monday. As the NHL begins phase three of its return to play today, following is a summary of league-wide COVID-19 testing results for phase two. The NHL had in excess of 600 players report to club training practice facilities for optional participation in phase two activities. There were 4,934 COVID-19 tests administered to this group of players. Those tests resulted in a total of 30 returning confirmed positive test results for COVID-19. In addition, the league is aware of 13 additional players who tested positive for COVID-19 outside of the Phase 2 protocol. All players who tested positive were slash have been self-isolated and were slash are following CDC and Health Canada protocols. During Phase 3, the NHL will continue to provide regular updates on the number of tests administered to players and the results of those tests. The league will not be providing information on the identity of the players or clubs. And so again, you know, I know there are mixed feelings about this entire playoff tournament, but it does look like the NHL is going to soldier on, and that's not an overwhelming amount of positive tests. When you add it all up, it's 43 positive tests out of 4,934, so that's not bad. I mean, it's 43 too many, but, you know, it does look like the NHL is is going to go forward with this playoff tournament, and hopefully uh, it goes off without a hitch, and COVID-19 is as little of a factor as possible. Hopefully as few people as possible get infected, and we just go forward with this whole thing, and we get ourselves a Stanley Cup champion, and bigger than anything else, hopefully COVID-19 soon is a thing of the past. 
But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with this podcast through all these crazy times that we're living in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.